0: Welcome back to Everything She Said Podcast. I am going to, I believe, start a season, and I think this will be the first episode of that season. I'll be talking about my deliverance from rejection, the spirit of rejection, how rejection looks, what it feels like, um, and just really how to break free and continue to stay free from rejection self-rejection and the thought and feeling of being rejection and just to be clear you know there is a real rejection where even the bible tells us that we'll be rejected by the world because of Christ that type of rejection I'm not referring to because that's a real life rejection that we must experience and we must accept And that's just a part of being a believer. But what I'm talking about is the spirit of rejection and self-rejection where you reject yourself. And these are thoughts that bombard your mind and make you feel inadequate, gives you low self-esteem, and keeps you from pursuing your purpose and assignments in life. So that is the type of rejection I'm referring to in this particular episode. I'm going to be talking about the symptoms and signs of rejection that I experienced. And an amazing thing just happened to me, I would say, over the last couple of months, maybe within the past year. I have been intentionally pursuing healing from the spirit of rejection, pursuing my deliverance, and um, just pursuing God. And in that pursuit, I have seen the benefits. Um, I have seen the healing power of God, the deliverance power of God in my life, as he has been delivering me from rejection. And I have noticed it. In parts and areas of my life that I didn't even realize was the spirit of rejection causing certain thoughts, certain patterns of behavior, certain experiences. And because of my deliverance, I am realizing, wow, that was rejection and I'm experiencing freedom in areas of my life that I didn't even realize were restricted by rejection. So this particular episode, I want to title it, Getting Free from the Restricted Life of Rejection. Um, So I'm going to be sharing with you some symptoms that have disappeared out of my life because of my deliverance. And if you notice any of these symptoms in your life, It could be and probably is the spirit of rejection. So um, just take note. And if you have any of these symptoms, signs, um, I'll also be praying with you, praying for you and sharing how I got free. Um, And it's all through Christ Jesus. And I give all glory to God. So um, I took a few notes here and I wrote down some of the things that I realized that I was experiencing because of rejection. So so number one is, um, I'm so sorry, I have my notes here. Okay, so number one, I just wanted to make sure it was still recording. Anyway, so number one was I would get quiet when I was around people because I would feel inadequate in my appearance and in my speech. I would really notice this when I was either around strangers or I would really notice this at work when I would be in meetings. I would get quiet. And even if I had a thought or something to say that I felt would be important or significant, I wouldn't speak because I was so afraid um, that people would view me as dumb Um, People would see me as unintelligent and um, just really judge me. But that was all stemming from the spirit and thoughts from rejection. Another symptom I would experience, number two, I wrote down, I would fear someone getting close or showing me favor because I felt like eventually they would turn on me. That was one of the symptoms I had. uh, When someone would show me favor or show interest in me, i would get very nervous because deep down inside i would think if they really got to know the real me they would no longer like me they would no longer show me favor and i don't want to get used to someone liking me or showing me favor because i don't want to feel the rejection and hurt when they leave um so that's something Um, And I always felt like when someone showed me favor or they wanted to be in my life, that eventually they would leave, they would turn on me. Um, And that could be the spirit of abandonment too, mixed along with a spirit of rejection. But those were one of my symptoms. Number three is I would fear being around leadership because I fear being rejected around leaders. Leaders would freak me out, whether it was at church or work I would get so nervous, so sweaty, physically just in distress when I was around any type of leadership because I feared rejection. I feared their disapproval of me. I feared that they would not like me. Um, and when I was around them, my mouth would get dry. I would get really sweaty and be so nervous and try to be so perfect around leadership because I just really feared that I would be rejected. Um, So those were, that's another sign. Number four, I had a fear of being myself because I feared if people got to know the real me, they would not accept me. I was always afraid to be myself. I was always try to read people and be who I thought that they would like. Whether that was in a romantic relationship, um, whether it was Um, a friendship, work relationship, I would try my best to be what I thought they would like based on their personality and based on what they liked. Um, And I still do that a little bit today. That's a struggle for me, um, but not nearly as much as I used to, especially in personal relationships. I've gotten to a place where I'm comfortable with being myself. Um, number five, um, I would accept any man who would approach me because I feared getting rejected after he would show interest in me. So this is weird. So there was something in me that if a man would show interest in me, whether I liked him or not, I didn't want to do anything to get his disapproval or to get rejected by him. So I would be really careful in my response. I would still go along with in you know him showing interest in me because i was afraid of his rejection toward me which is really weird but i guess that spirit of rejection would want me to hold on to someone because i didn't i i don't know even if the person i felt like wasn't good for me i would go along with them because i still felt good about their interest in me, if that's making any sense, so I didn't want to lose their interest in me, even if I wasn't interested in them, and so I would end up in relationships with people that I knew I really didn't truly like um and I really wasn't interested in, but I was afraid that to experience their rejection if I rejected them. That was a really weird, but that's something that I used to do um Number six is I would have a constant feeling of being uncomfortable in my own skin when I was out in public. It was just this really weird feeling, no matter where I went, whether it was to the post office, the mall. I didn't feel like this 100% of the time, but I would say like 70% of the time I would feel uncomfortable in my skin. I felt like everybody else looked so perfect, was so pretty. They looked so put together. Um, and I just felt like I didn't, I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time, like I said before, but 80% of the time, I just felt like maybe I wasn't pretty enough. I just felt like my hair wasn't good enough. My skin wasn't good enough. The way I looked at my clothes wasn't enough. And I just felt like everybody around me always looked better. Um, so now I am realizing that that was a sign and symptom of self-rejection. Um, number seven is I couldn't look people in the eye. Um, and I had to actually train train myself to do that for work, which is the reason why I trained myself to do it. But uh, um, I don't know exactly when that started. I know after I was in an abusive relationship, I really couldn't look people in the eye after that. I think my self-confidence was beat down so much that um, that made it difficult for me to look people in the eye. But it was actually brought to my attention when I went to, it was like a headhunter one of those companies that find a candidate for a position for another company, and I went to interview with them first, and I just remember it was a lady and a man, and they were like, hey, before you go on the interview, you always want to look people in the eye. You keep looking down, and a girlfriend of mine who was a friend of many years before that told me the same thing. She said, you, you were look down when you talk. You never looked me in my eye. And apparently, I didn't do that. She was a friend from high school. I didn't do that before. Um, so I think it happened to me after I, I was in an abusive relationship, um, for like three years, and I had to look in the mirror and train myself to look people in the eye, and even sometimes after that, I would be thinking, look people in the eye, look people in the eye, don't look down, and I think it had a lot to do with self-rejection. um, but now I find it a lot easier. I can tell you that what made it difficult is I felt ugly, and I felt like if I looked someone in the eye and give them my full attention and just engage in the conversation, they would see how ugly I am. Um, and that's just a raw, honest truth about how I felt about my appearance Um, and I still every now and then struggle with that thought like if I lose myself in this conversation they will see how ugly I am Um, so that's something that I still need to address but it's not as prevalent as it was it's not as much as it was um, before getting delivered and really free from that spirit. Uh, let's see, what number am I on? Number eight. I always had a longing to look like someone else. So I just remember having a desire and a wish that I looked like another person that was I felt more beautiful than me. Um, now understanding that that's just self-rejection. So that's all a part of that. Number nine, I didn't trust myself or my decision-making skills, so I would second-guess myself and was afraid to give my input because I felt it wasn't worth much and that it would be rejected. So that was another symptom I had. I would just reject myself. I would reject the way I looked at things the way I thought because I always felt like my view is a little bit different than theirs. My perspective is different. Not understanding that God made us a difference so that people can see from all angles and i'm just starting to learn that my thought process because it's different than someone else's or my perspective is different or even my perception is different doesn't mean it's less is less important or it's less intelligent Um, It just means that God has given me a different perspective to share so people can see another way to look at things. And I am still growing and being able to share my opinion, my views and my thoughts. I've gotten a lot better after my deliverance and just walking out my healing from rejection. Um, But it's something that I continue to work on. Um, And... I am more confident about my decision-making skills now than ever, which I do believe is a part of my healing and deliverance. I'm so excited about it. I notice that now I would waver. <laughs> I would go back and forth about my opinion, about my decisions, and now I stand firm, um, and I will even sometimes fight for my decision because I trust myself more. I trust the God in me, and I trust the Holy Spirit. Um before though, when I struggled with rejection, I would not even speak um, my decision. And I would go to other people for to make a decision for me. Um, and now I don't do that anymore. You know, I trust God with what he gives me. And so I still seek wise counsel though, you know, but I am very much more confident about my decision making skills. Um, number 10, I was too sensitive, feeling like I could break if something went wrong. Um, and I felt like I would break if someone corrected me. I just had this feeling and I'm sure for other people, maybe they noticed it. I'm sure they did. It might've been like walking on on eggshells around me, but I just felt so fragile. I feel so fragile. Like, God, if another thing happens to me, if someone says this to me, I will break. I will break. I will cry. I will break emotionally. I will break mentally. And I just felt that way all the time. So I tried my best to be perfect so I wouldn't have to experience correction or rejection. Because I felt like if someone expressed... um their dislike of me or even show disinterest in me, I would break, and so I hid myself, I hid in the cave. I wouldn't get too involved or uh, get too deep in any relationship or conversation or situation, even at work, because I felt like if someone disapproved of me, I would break. Um, and so that was one of the symptoms of just feeling fragile all the time emotionally next number 11 it was it was difficult really difficult for me to forgive. That was a stronghold that was a struggle because i think i felt so rejected already that i felt like if someone wronged me that they were just like putting the icing on the cake and sticking the knife in a corpse. <laughs> so that like it was hard for me to forgive someone who blatantly did me wrong because um, I just felt like I'm hurt already, like you're going to hurt me even the more. And that was just a sign and symptom of rejection. Um, number 12 is I couldn't be alone. I needed male companionship so much I would jump from one relationship to another. I felt anxiety if I didn't have a male companion. That was like this compulsive feeling that I could not get rid of. And now to be free from that feeling, I do know that that was a symptom of self-rejection and rejection because... It was almost like this anxiety as if I have to find someone to be with. I have to have someone to talk to on the phone. I have to have a companion to feel valid, to feel loved, to feel like someone cares about me. And so it it was a force that drove me to put myself in situations where I would meet a guy. And then I would put myself in situations where when I saw the end of a relationship, or I saw it coming to a close, I would already have another guy in the pocket that I would be able to put in his place because I just had to have male companionship. So I would have at least three or four male, you know, numbers, phone numbers of a male in my phone so that I would always be able to have one on call. And now I know, being free from that compulsive feeling of needing a male companion, that that was all a part of rejection. Um, number 13, I had a constant feeling of being lonely. So I I had to use male companionship to fill that void. And that was a part of what I just discussed. Um, it was this constant feeling of loneliness. Uh, and then whenever that feeling would overwhelm me, I would just pull out my phone and call one of my male companions instead of going to God. Now I know that Jesus is the only one who can fill that void. Now I know that Jesus is my answer in the word of God, truly, Um, makes me feel never alone I always have him in my life even if no one else is there and he has really been my anchor Jesus has been my rock in that Uh, because those feelings especially on holidays I've noticed that the feeling of rejection and loneliness really tries to attack me on holidays and I don't know if that's common for single moms I've never spoken to another um single mom or I don't know if that's coming for someone who struggles with rejection but particularly on holidays the enemy will try to attack me and, and today is actually Memorial Day and I saw that same struggle of loneliness come after me and I I don't know if it's because on holidays people are supposed to be with their families and having cookouts or gatherings dinner what have you um but that rejection that loneliness tends to attack me on certain days and holidays seems to be one of them. Now now that I've experienced healing and um, I'm going through healing and getting ready to start counseling and just continuing to study and learn and study the Word of God on this, I have gotten a lot better because it would really send me into a deep spiral of depression on holidays. But now I have enough knowledge to when that feeling starts to come on it doesn't overtake me because I have the tools the word of God and the knowledge to speak and encourage myself and to get free Um, and just engage in the presence of God knowing that he is with me that he will never leave nor forsake me and that he is real and that I can talk to him I can run to him I can cry to him I can express my feeling of loneliness and rejection to him and I He always, I promise you, He always responds. He comes through for me, and He delivers me from that feeling of rejection and loneliness. Um, But before, it was a constant, daily feeling of loneliness. Like, if I wasn't being entertained or distracted by something going on or by company or by work, when I got by myself, this feeling of loneliness would hit me. And that was one of the reasons why I would be driven to have some companion that I could call to distract me from loneliness. I always had to have a distraction. Well, now that I've been healed and delivered, I do no longer need a distraction from myself, from being alone. I can sit alone, literally, with my thoughts. I can sit alone with my Bible. I can sit alone alone. In my home and feel completely secure and feel joy and peace whereas before i felt pure loneliness Um, and so god has been the rock the solution and the word of god has all been instrumental and it has been my solution to that and i believe the deliverance from rejection has delivered me from the feeling of loneliness Um, Number 14 is I was very prideful, but the pride would manifest in fear. So I would hide and be very critical of others in my head. I believe that's a symptom of rejection. Um, I would be so critical of other people. And then that same criticism I gave other people was the same criticism that I was giving myself. Um, And pride. I was it's, it's so weird because. I was extremely re, re, full of rejection. I was extremely uh, critical of myself, but at the same time, I had a lot of pride. <laughs> so interesting how that works together. And I think um, my mentor says all the time that pride is the guarding spirit. A, a lot of times, from other spirits, to keep others to keep you bound. And I definitely had pride going on. Um, it it may have been the guardian spirit of that rejection to keep it there, but I definitely struggle with pride. Um, number 15, I would feel embarrassed and shame about my situation, the situation of being a single mom. Uh, I would be ashamed about my house. I felt like it was too small. I felt like whatever I had just wasn't good enough. So God has blessed me. Um, I have no complaints. God continues to provide for me, but I always just felt shame and embarrassed about what I had. Um, and I believe and I know that stem for rejection because now I don't care. You know, I used to compare what I had to other people my age or to people that I went to school with, or but now I'm like thankful and have gratitude for what God has given me. But I so I believe that. My healing and deliverance from rejection really gave me confidence and, and gratitude and my ability to express gratitude to God for what I have and to not be covetous or um, jealous in these or ashamed of what God has done for me, so I'm going to leave that there, I'll do, I don't know if it's a part two, but I'm just going to have a full series on rejection, my experience, Um, and in the next episode, I'm going to talk about the steps that I took to actually get free, because all of these symptoms God has delivered me from, and these were some of the things I wrote down that I used to experience, and I no longer experience now, because of God's freedom, um, And just me being intentional about getting healed and delivered from this. So thank you for listening. Um, If you struggle with rejection or you heard some of the things that I said and you were like, oh, my God, that's me. Those are some of the things that I deal with. Keep listening. Um, And I'm just going to say a prayer for you really quickly, and I trust God that he will walk you through your course of deliverance. Father, I just thank you for this message. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for our awareness of your presence. I thank you that you are powerful, you have all power, and that you have the power to heal, to save us from ourselves, to save us from the enemy, to deliver us, and to heal us. Father, we lift our souls up to you today. We put it all on the altar. We leave nothing um, hidden. We leave nothing behind, but we place everything about our lives, about us, before you. We're an open book before you, God, and we ask you to come in, do surgery on us, do whatever it is you choose to do within our hearts, our minds, and our souls. We trust you with our lives. We repent for seeking any other power other than the source of strength, the source of life, and the true source of healing, which is you. We trust you, Jesus. We believe that you did a finished work on the cross for us, and that includes us having complete salvation, even the healing and deliverance of our souls. And so I pray for whoever is listening today, Father, that you will walk them through their course of freedom, walk them through their course of deliverance, walk them out of oppression and depression into the joy and the light and the life of God, the life of Jesus Christ and the words of freedom and the promise of freedom that he spoke that we shall have. Deliverance is truly the children's bread, Father God, and we eat your bread of deliverance today. We receive it, and I thank you, Father, for your divine protection over their minds, their hearts, their bodies. I thank you, Father, that you expose to anyone who's listening, Father Aries, in their life where the enemy has been oppressing them, that you begin to give them true knowledge of the word of God and place pastors and shepherds in their life, Father, who will teach them the word of God, who will teach them divine healing from your word, who will teach deliverance and that it will be imparted and true healing will take place. True deliverance will happen. For every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Everything She Said podcast. And I trust that you were blessed. Love you.